is it, episode 265 of No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, for letting us play your music there at the beginning. I am here, Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis, sitting on the stage here with a guest that uh, who has never joined me before. First-timer Anthony DeVito is here. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am great. As I told you, uh, this is my last pit stop before going on a vacation. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're going to Denver, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had you have you been there before? Or? Never. Okay. Never. Never. Very excited. Uh, do you have any? Uh, actually, I have not started packing at all. Uh-huh. And you're probably and you are I'm sure a professional packer. Sure. From going on the road all the time. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. Do you ever unpack a bag or just leave one like partially packed back uh, home? No, or? I'll unpack. Yeah. I'm it's not so far the schedule hasn't been so demanding that like uh I need to keep a bag uh half packed. Also, I don't have a lot of clothes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing very well as a person. So I don't <laughs> I need all the clothes that are in my bag. So I don't really have the luxury, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or you could go the other way. I'm so independently wealthy. I travel with nothing and buy it when I'm there. Oh yeah, that's the Allen Iverson uh, method. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he would. Uh, I mean, and you wonder why like he went bankrupt or whatever. He never. You heard about that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's so crazy mm-hmm. that he would just buy new clothes in whatever city and then fly with those and keep repeat the cycle. And then it's like, yeah, I don't know why you're broke, Alan. <laughs> I don't know why you had to uh, come out of retirement to play in China. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Mm-hmm. So, welcome to Minneapolis. Thanks, man. Very happy to be here. Uh, you came in town Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday afternoon, yep. And how have your first two and a half days gone? Really nice. I mean, I, everyone's sort of been telling me that I came at the perfect time. The weather's been beautiful. Yeah. Um, we got a little extended summer this week. Yeah. it's Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's like 80 degrees. It's been pretty warm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very pretty city. Uh, I like it a lot. That's like a thing about, like, coming from New York anywhere, you kind of, like... I guess I don't know. I get um, accustomed to like how New York is, and then when I go other places, I'm like, oh right, there doesn't need to be garbage like all over the streets. Like, yeah. You can just live like that too, right? <laughs> so it's it's always nice. And as I noticed on the drive over here, they had a sign right above the highway that said that there's a air quality uh, alert. Oh really? So just to make you feel more at home, <laughs> the air's a little dirty today. Oh, yeah. oh wow! I didn't see that. Uh huh. Oh man. Okay. It also said- I didn't sense it, you know. I usually can <laughs> I can really tell when the air quality dips. <laughs> Weird that snuck by me. Huh. My you know, my old age, I don't know. That's your radar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're at a 7.2 today, everybody. I don't want to alarm anyone, but I feel like we are. <laughs> Someone call the Department of Transportation. Let everybody know. It also said on the sign, it did say uh what did it say? Fill your tanks at dusk or something like that, which I don't... Uh-huh. Have you heard anything like... Fill your tanks at dusk. Um, gas, I'm assuming that's gas, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, I don't. I never like when they do ambiguous. It's like, I don't know, we've been, we've been with, going with numbers for a while now. <laughs> Why revert back to dawn and dusk? <laughs> Why do that? Now I got to like try to figure out what dusk is yeah. and then gauge it from there. Everyone's definition of dusk is different. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. I uh, there's a comic that works here a lot. He's been on this podcast named Greg Coleman. Okay, and he has a thing about um, 
dinner and supper, yeah. those phrases. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, and he's basically telling people to stop using the term supper. <laughs> okay. And I actually got caught up in one of those about two weeks ago, planning a get-together with some extended family. Right, My right. My mom's saying supper the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, you're talking like 5 o'clock, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, like around lunch. I'm like, then lunch? Then, yeah, that's lunch. You, we have a word for that. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, supper... Supper's gone. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah. That's why I always get confused. There was like, a, I think a place by the hotel where I'm staying, or like somewhere in the area that's a supper club. And I always get so confused as to like what that is. I always picture jazz, but I don't think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like some kind of, <laughs> I don't know, weird jazz place. <laughs> Lunch club is, yeah, is quite different, I think. Those don't, that's why those don't exist. Right, 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 right. <laughs> have you, uh, have you been to Minneapolis before? No, Minnesota? never. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Expectations? What were um, they? I didn't. Uh, I, I I thought everyone would be very friendly, and that's definitely delivered on that. Um, but yeah, like I mean, everyone's friendly, but not to a point where I've been like, "Whoa, this is scary." You know, and I, like everyone's just been the right amount of nice. Like how this is like, oh, this is how human beings should behave, <laughs> uh, kind of thing. Sure. Um, but no, other than that, yeah, I hadn't really. I didn't have any expectations other than. Um, a lot of people had told me it's a very cool city and to just uh, definitely explore, um, which is nice, like going to certain places, doing comedy, it like, kind of gives you a reason to um, spend five days in Minneapolis. Yeah. Whereas like before, I don't know that I would, you know? Totally. Not a knock against Minneapolis, it's just like I, I have no reason to just right. go willy-nilly across the country and <laughs> be in places for a week. <laughs> yeah. Your friends would be like, what, you're doing what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for the weekend. You're Lansing, working? Michigan? No. No? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's where you're headed for the weekend? <laughs> no gigs? No, yeah. I, yeah. I gotta find out what's going on around there. But you have family there. No, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm sorry. Don't no. even like lakes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um this we just last week i'm curious about your uh your involvement and stuff like this we just sure. wrapped up at the club here there was the funniest person contest it was right. going on all summer right, right. And, you know amateurs come up every like during the week two three four five guys right the, not guys peep people people yeah yeah uh come up <laughs> and then last week was the final and uh i'm just curious did you ever do anything like that um i uh, I, I was once in uh, Caroline's used to do this thing every year called March Madness, um, where it was like uh, that's uh, trademarked. What's up? Yeah, isn't yeah. that trademarked? Yeah, by Caroline's. Mar- but- and the NCAA had to buy it off them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So basically, similar to you know college basketball, where it was like sixty-four comedians bracket type system until uh, you get down to one, and it was like first rounds like one minute, second rounds two minutes, five minutes, ten oh. minutes till fifteen or whatever. But it was spaced out over the course of like a month or so. Um, so that's the only one that I've ever done. I mean, comedy competitions are always uh, strange, right. just because like you know the art form if you want to call it that or whatever like it lends itself on being totally free so it's like to add a competition element to it kind of negates uh the i guess the principles of it yeah so it's Mm -hmm. it's very uh it's an awkward position and i don't know for a lot of comedians too like um yeah like i mean a lot of i don't know a lot of them didn't play sports or or doing comedy because they were bullied you know what i mean so to be thrust into that environment it's don't judge me yeah exactly like it kind of sucks to be like all right go up there be exactly who you are like be this free artist but you have seven minutes and you're going up against your best friend it's like oh okay cool that's okay that's comfortable okay great great i didn't play sports because i yeah yeah i wanted to get away from this exactly um but uh 
Yeah, so I yeah, I, I imagine on like a grander scale too. Like the more drawn out they are, the more nerve wracking it must be. Oh, I'm sure. Like I never did Last Comic Standing or anything like that, but that's got to be just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no doubt. I uh, so since you haven't been on this podcast before, I uh, we should do a little background of like how you oh, got sure, started yeah, yeah. and where. So from what I've learned, you uh, grew up in New Jersey. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Northern New Jersey. Okay. Uh, Bloomfield, just a like heavily uh, Italian saturated area. The last scene of The Sopranos is actually shot in my hometown. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, super Italian, and um, uh, yeah, very close to New York, maybe like twenty minutes away or something like that. And um, okay, yeah. Did you see that one of the guys from The Sopranos just died this week? Frank um, uh, Frank Vincent. Yes. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I just saw that today. Um, Rest in peace, Frank. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I never like. Um, I got in the show later on, just because when I grew up, I was. I felt like I grew up around it, so I was like, I don't know why I need to watch it. You know, like because people would be like, "That's so funny. These Italians are such cartoons. They're so crazy." I'd be like, "That's like everybody from my neighborhood." Yeah. So a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, um, just you know. Yeah. I mean, Italians. They're just they're. They're goofballs. They're like the last bastion of people that you can openly make fun of, I think, <laughs> without anyone really getting upset. And I don't I don't get upset. They're a ridiculous bunch of people, um, for sure. I have some slang terms for Italians, and yeah, I'm going to yeah. say them. I want you to know. I'm kidding. No, yeah, yeah. My favorite kind of game. Uh, <laughs> I want you to tell me if it's okay for me, a Swedish, Norwegian, German, for me to uh, say these things. Call me a greaseball? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> okay. I would... Uh, we'd be better friends for it. <laughs> Let's start over. I'm here with the grease ball. I'm here with the skinny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, since we're since you mentioned it, did you ta- did you play any sports growing uh, up? I played basketball and soccer growing up. I was a big uh, basketball. I'm a big hoops guy. Um, so I yeah I played basketball all growing up. Uh, through I high school. Through high school, yeah. I had no um, I had no dad or brothers, so I just had, kind of had my mom. So, like, I did think I was really good, and then I realized I was just playing against my older mom <laughs> the whole entire time, <laughs> which was, uh, you know. What, do, what kind of basketball do you play against your mom? One-on-one or just, one on like, one, she'd help horse? Me with, uh, she'd help me with drills, really. Because um, one-on-one, it got to a certain point where I was like, we can't do one-on-one anymore. Um, it was just was doing no good for my game. So mainly it was like shooting drills, and she'd rebound. Uh, nice. And yeah, she's yeah, she's unbelievable. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great, and I was such a I was such a brat, you know what I mean back then. And she was so great because like I'd miss you know, and I I miss how many ever in a row. And she's like such a loving mother. She would never say it was my fault. Like she would have to like every single miss would be like a new excuse that she made up. She'd be like ah, like who could make a shot with the sun being the way that it is today? Like so every single one was like that and i used to get frustrated with her not being hard enough on me which is like an insane like i was like my dad too yeah, you right. know what i mean like yeah. be harder on us i guess i don't know <laughs> this isn't this isn't what bill belichick says to his yeah. players <laughs> yeah yeah he didn't yeah. say it to, to yeah, tom yeah. brady oh, the Come sun on. was in your eyes yeah sit me down tell me what's wrong with my game but it's like she'd never do that it's too nice that's awesome <laughs> so uh when did you get out of new jersey then I got out of New Jersey. I went to uh, college um, 2000 through 2005 at uh, University of Miami in Florida. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I went there. I studied architecture at the time. I got a bachelor's in that. And then um, from there, I kind of just traveled around. Like, I, I wasn't, you know, I was doing, I wanted to do architecture, wasn't kind of sure. I had some opportunities to um, 
go certain places. Well, I guess not opportunities. A girl broke up with me when I was in college, and it devastated me. So then after college, I just moved to Hawaii. I didn't know what to do with my feelings. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I moved to Hawaii. I lived... That's an option? I got my heart broken in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's an, I had to it, come back to St. Paul. It's an option if you're on tremendous financial aid Jeez. and uh, you work a part-time job in college. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I, I was like, I, I don't know. I just wanted to get away. Like, I, I don't know what. But it ended up being a, a cool experience for sure. I mean... I tried to get a couple jobs in architecture when I got out there. There's not a lot there, so in Hawaii, yeah, I had a couple interviews, didn't pan out, and then I was just there. It's not like I was like going to go to a job interview, come back home. Like I'm in Hawaii, so so then I this isn't going to work out. Should I just yeah, go yeah, yeah. home? I guess I'll just fly back across the country, and then you know, let me know on Thursday. I'll fly back. <laughs> uh, so uh, so I was there, and then um, I got a job as an environmental canvasser. Just because it was like kind of all that I could get, and I was like, I like trees, like that'll be you know whatever. So um, I ended up doing that for like four months. Uh, where I was living, I got an apartment on Craigslist once again. Didn't know anybody. Got kicked out of that place. Um, had nowhere to go. So I I moved in with the guys that I worked with. Um, those guys uh, lived in the woods. So of I ended course. up, yeah, obviously, yeah. they were like real hippies. Yeah. Like I just have a beard and I'm like kind of dirty, but they're like <laughs> they really cared about stuff. <laughs> I do too, but from like a distance, you know what yeah. I mean? Like oh, you know, your Birkenstocks weren't as worn in as theirs. Yeah, like I'm not trying to like tell people about you know I play the lute or anything like that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to be dishonest with people. It was just another level of hippie that I didn't know you could be. Yeah. you know, like coming from like cosmopolitan Jersey, I was like, well, I, this is I'm the most hippie that I know of. Yeah. And then they, uh-huh. I saw them, and I was like, "Oh my god, that that's a different thing." I, yeah. I don't even know what that is. They were literally, literally born in the woods, probably. Yeah, yeah. very much like yes, like new ins and outs, like all that stuff. So moved in, out, whatever you want to call it, with them uh, for I'd say like a month or so, or maybe two months. And uh, it, it was it was weird because like I we'd come from the woods. Uh, and then we'd <laughs> knock on people's doors all day and try to get them to, you know what I mean? Like save the trees. It gives you added incentive when like, that's also your home. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Please save the trees. Cause that's where I live. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did that <laughs> for like, uh, four months and then bounced around from there. Uh, it was like a national organization, but they had like state, they had state run kind of ones as well. Okay. So I moved to Portland for a couple months. Oh wow. You've been uh, all over. Yeah. And then at some point, I think I was probably like 20, um, I don't know. I was 22, I think at the time. And then moved back home. Cause I was like, all right, I want to do architecture. I kind of realized that. So moved back home, saved up some money and worked in a firm for like two years. Oh, wow. Uh, and then, uh, had a chance that, and this is a long version of this, but no, I'm interested. Yeah. Interesting. You seem really yeah. interested. So this yeah. is great. Uh, <laughs> so then from there I had friends who were living, uh, in overseas in Paris, they were doing architecture. So they were basically like, Hey, if you, you know, give us a hundred bucks a month or whatever, you could sleep on the floor, you could live in Paris. And so I did that for almost a year and then from there moved to new york didn't know what i was going to do uh always wanted to do comedy but just was like super shy and uh started uh was doing habitat for humanity doing construction i think i did improv for like a year okay. until finally i was like i was writing stand-up and started uh and i was too nervous like when i started to be myself 100 percent so I, I went up under a fake name when I first. I went up under Leslie Oliver at the first mic I ever did. Uh, I, I An would, ambiguous name at that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I was like, if I have a name that's kind of funny, maybe they'll at least laugh at that, and then like oh, that'll man. buy me some time. I know, 
And I would tell these like you've learned a lot. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, and I, my whole thing was that I would tell these like, I just if I could get through three minutes with like talking, and I didn't, you know, nothing horrific physically happened. You know what I mean? Like my body didn't independently just start doing whatever. I would be it's successful. I thought so. Uh, just surviving. Yeah, just exactly. Yeah. So um, so I did it, and like I, I so I, I didn't really write jokes because I wasn't comfortable enough to you know tell. I felt like if I was if whatever I was writing wasn't really me. Yeah. So I felt disingenuous kind of doing that. So I would just tell these like long stories, uh, or however long or time allotted was. They would just go nowhere. Like, and that was the joke, is that they were just the mundaneness of them. And I would get fixated on details, and I would now be talking about this for a while. And, like, some people, like, really got it and were, like, super into it. And it's, like, some of those people I haven't seen since then just because, you know, comedy, people are running around, whatever. Sure. And, like, when they, like, they'll be like, oh, you have to see, like, this guy, Anthony. Like, he does some, like, it's, like, real alt-comedy, like, crazy high-minded stuff. It was like, no, nah, I was just terrified. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, let's go back a few Yeah, yeah, here. totally. Okay, so let's go back to you said you you uh, went to school in Miami. Yes. The uh, were you, Any connections? Were you contacting anybody when the hurricanes were about to hit uh, oh, last yeah. week or anything? I, yeah, still I had some uh, college friends who have families still there. Uh, one of them in particular in St. Augustine, and he said that family's fine, everything's okay, Yeah, which was good. But, yeah, no, it's definitely – because even going back there, like Andrew – like like New York looks at 9/11 obviously as like this huge, you know, tragedy uh, like that really befell the city. So like Miami kind of looks the same way or Florida in general is like Hurricane Andrew. Okay. And that was almost like 20 years ago or something yeah. like that. So um they're still hung up on that. So to kind of have, you know, Irma come through and cause as much damage as it did is just like it's very very sad. Sure. Yeah. I um Clayton English was here last week. Yeah, and I was Atlanta, at, right? Yeah, yeah, it's from Atlanta. And I was asking him because uh, he went to college in Tallahassee. Oh, okay. I was asking FSU? him. FSU? Uh, no, A um, and M. Oh, A and M. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah. And he and I was asking him about uh, any you know personal connections to the hurricanes there. And he was saying about how the best part was the hurricane parties. Oh yeah, that was yeah. I mean, Clayton seems like a fun guy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. My hurricane parties were a lot different than his, probably. <laughs> just like three dorky guys playing Madden, <laughs> and we're just like, this is the coolest, right? <laughs> now that I can relate to. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. could I ever? Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. There is. I'll say there is something about a hurricane party where you're like. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're all going to die. Like, there's that element of, like, total freedom at that yeah, point. Yeah, I keep thinking how many babies are made during that time. Yeah, yeah, probably a lot. Unless uh, it's you and your two buddies playing Madden. Sure, I mean, yeah, probably. I made a lot that went in the garbage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> half of babies that ended up in a trash can. <laughs> After we're done with the games, right before bedtime. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's great. I um, And then you said in Paris? Yeah. How did you did you did you speak any French? No, no. I went up. Was that I, a problem? Uh, no. I mean, the French. Like, uh, I I went up there super American. Thought it was like the funniest thing in the world. You know, I'd wear sweatpants every day, big New York Giants sweatshirt, just full baguette in my hand. Just couldn't get more American than. I thought it was <laughs> hilarious to do that. And uh, no, the the French were cool. Um, they because everyone gives them like a bad rap as like you know what they're mean or whatever. But as long as you try in French at first. 
they're fine. Like they can see that you made an effort, and then they'll just speak to you in English because most of them do speak English. Yeah. So like I would just you know I throw out a bonjour like you know, and then I wouldn't know how to say the next thing, and then right. they'd be like, all right, let me help you out. Like you, you, you at least you gave us a hello. Fine. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't as big of a problem as uh, you'd think, and it's also kind of freeing, like because you know it, English isn't their first language, so it's like I could you know I it I could talk to myself or whatever. Like no one was really listening. Because you'd have to make that extra effort to, like, you know, understand English or whatever. So there was a little bit of um, freedom in that that it was nice. Yeah. They, um, the Minnesota Twins have quite a few players right now that right. don't speak very good English. Right, right, And I've right. noticed this year they have uh, I give a translator that comes out yeah, you know, yeah. and, like, stands next to them for the do the post-game interviews. Bartolo Colon? Yeah. Still doesn't speak fluent yeah, English. I mean, that's crazy. Is he bullshitting? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Honestly, he's yeah. been in. He's played in the major leagues for twenty seasons or something yeah. like that. He's over forty. He's That's not new to this country, right? I knew I was staying Come there on. for six months. Yeah, he is here. You know what I mean? Making a living. He's making a living. You would think at that point, just for your own, you know, like just to make your life easier. Yeah. Like if I I was going to be there for foreseeably how long he knew he was going to be here of course i would try to learn french yeah, but i knew think? there was like a shelf life on how i mean that's insane yeah Jesus. when i first saw that you know i get it when the guy's in his 20s and he probably has only been in america you know three four five years yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. fine sure i get it you're fine you're probably working on it uh, but you're bartolo cologne you gotta talk to press all the time yeah you i mean like the majority you, know, you have to talk to head coach like you have to interact with so many people who, yeah, of of course you would learn English. I mean, yeah, English and vegetables. Those are the two things that guy doesn't do. <laughs> he's, he's sticking with that. He's definitely been sticking yeah, with yeah, that. yeah. He's taking a strong stance against both <laughs> strong stance. celery and English. <laughs> oh, that's great. What uh, what type of place did you first go on stage? Um, it was uh, it was a kind of an all purpose uh, space downstairs from what's like a bar coffee shop upstairs in uh, New York, a place called Cake Shop. It's a great venue. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, and it's super intimidating, especially in New York because it's it's all it's all comedians. There's yeah. very rarely audience members at open mics. That's what uh, I'm hearing. Yeah. So you know, that's why I was like, look, if I'm Leslie Oliver, nobody knows. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Did you bring anybody with you that night, like a um, support? Well, my best friend is also uh, from high school, actually, is another comedian, a hilarious guy named Greg Stone. Yes. Who, yeah, you know Greg. So he, um, we've always done things together, uh, it, weirdly, like it, to the point I think it freaks people out. <laughs> like when we did UCB, I think we signed up, we got drunk one night and we signed up for like one of the level whatever classes as like ted toronto and carl lewis just like two characters we just got drunk and we thought it'd be funny and then like they were so mad at us and they were just like improv is to be taken seriously and this or that or that and i'm just like all right come on dude like you just spent 20 minutes on stage as a british baker you're gonna tell me it's like <laughs> this is a serious thing right <laughs> save your make ups for the stage yeah right? yeah please sir thank yeah. you oh that's great and now he he you do a podcast with him yes right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. greg uh stone and brendan air the Red Dude cast. Yeah. yeah. I've listened to a few episodes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's all over the place, for sure. I, you took the words out of my mouth. It's, <laughs> yeah. I'm listening. I'm like, there's no point to this. It's, it's, it's entertaining. There's yeah. no point. No. None, none. whatsoever. No. Every episode is different from the last. I noticed. Yeah. I've listened to three. 
no, no continuity. I one of them. I don't even. Th- I think you were. Uh, you, you barely spoke in one of them. Probably. I've fallen asleep a couple times. On yeah. It. Uh, yeah. That is uh, the Red Dude Cast for us is like a thing that is just totally uncompromised. So it's um we just kind of do it for us and the fact that anybody enjoys it is a surprise. Yeah. So it's like I it's also the one thing in comedy that I've ever done where if people go I love it I'm like really? <laughs> How? That's amazing and I'm happy about it but that's I can't believe that's a byproduct of it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, let's see. And where do you you guys do that? A weekly? Right? Uh, we try to do a weekly, um, just out of our apartment. There's no, you know, fanciness to it whatsoever. Well, your your roommate too? Yes, yeah. Greg is my roommate. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I'm always curious about that. Oh, people's living conditions in New York. Yeah, I mean, every not everybody, but lots of comedians, even like guys who or you know people that you would think. I mean, there's not that they're not super successful. They are, but it's just a lot of people have roommates, and I think at yeah. some point. You get so I'm I'm at least I'm so used to it that you know like I the alternative uh, I get very lonely like even when I go on the road and it's just me it's nice for a little while to kind of have that space and that silence and all those things but after a bit I'm you know I I, I'm used to like three different comedians like in my apartment or two at least at all times and Greg's girlfriend who's also like super funny and close with so it's uh yeah I kind of miss that yeah. At the hotel, you don't walk in and there's somebody on the couch. Yeah, yeah I would love that. <laughs> if I walked in and I saw a guy named Mad Dog on the couch just <laughs> telling me about how the Lakers are ruining the NBA, I'd be like, this <laughs> this is it. perfect. Thank you. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Um, let's see. I got a huge list of things here. Yeah, I, yeah, of course. I don't – how do I say this? I – like I came last night, saw your set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, notice that your material is a lot of family stuff. Yeah, a lot of family stuff. Yeah, yeah. Obviously different than what you were describing earlier of these jokes that go nowhere. What do you mean? No, like, uh, you know, you're actually, you you have material. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you were saying earlier, these long stories that don't really have a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're actually drawing from real things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just kind of, I think comedy kind of plays out, uh, as organic as possible it can be for each person so i started off when i was writing jokes and comfortable enough to perform them myself um they were more observationally kind of jokes but like i didn't there wasn't an emotional attachment to it Mm -hmm. so they were fine jokes but i couldn't deliver them in a way where i felt like i was honestly connecting and then once i started being more personal and talking about my family and this or that i I was able to connect stronger to the audience, and I, I liked that more. And the jokes, I wanted to write the jokes more than I did the observational stuff. Oh, yeah. So, like, whereas that kind of seemed like work, writing about my family or my life seemed like fun. So I just followed that, and that's kind of been my, I don't know if it's like a philosophy or just something that I'm just doing, you know? Any, uh, is it any therapeutic? therapeutic qualities to uh, talk, l- talking about family? A little bit. I mean, I don't. Uh, I don't really have any, I, not that I know of. I mean, I've been in therapy a little bit, actual therapy, and talked about them. And then, like, I, I had a therapist once who was just like, yeah, this is, like, dark and bad. And, this, and then, like, I was like, yeah, we should stop because I, I, it's funny to me. And I don't, 
not that I don't want to embrace it from another angle, but I know that angle exists. And I know, yeah. like, but it's like, this is my way of shining, you know, some kind of levity onto it rather than just embracing, you know, the weirdness of it. Sure. So, yeah, I guess in that sense, I don't know if that answers the question. Well, that's good enough. Cool. Sure. <laughs> cool. I'll accept your answer. Good, we good can enough. move on. That's fine. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'll put a check next. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know could be better, half, but, you know. Yeah, half check. You did what you did, huh? You do what you do, you did what you did. about a seven on that question? We'll move along. <laughs> you know, that actually reminds me of something you did on stage last night. When you, yeah, yeah. You did a joke, and you're like, ah, yeah, you know, the punchline could have been a little stronger. You guys accepted it. That's fine. That's good. That's good. I try to be. I just, anytime a joke, like, doesn't land 100%, I, I almost can't. I've, I've never been able to just leave it alone. Yeah. And I, it's like some people I watch just have that skill where they're like, all right, they're going to do a bunch of new. It's not going to hit as hard as the stuff that they know works, but they're just going to glide right through it. The minute I just think it stands out so much that I have to say something. And it's like funny at first. And by the third or fourth one, the audience is like, yeah, just keep going. Like, don't <laughs> stop doing this. <laughs> and I know I can't, I can't help myself. You can't help it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, I, you know what? It it shows you're human up on stage. It's a, that's not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, I try to be as uh, much of that as I can be. Um, all, I, all, any other way, it's like, you know when you like wear like an article of clothing or something? Like my mom would always try to get me to wear leather jackets, but like it was fine, but like I just felt like a phony wearing it, and I felt like I had to explain to everyone that I'm not this guy and whatever. <laughs> so it's like that's kind of how I feel like in those moments on oh, stage okay. where like, I want like them to be like, you know, I get it too. Like I'm also in the room. I wanted that joke to be better more than anyone, but it's not. <laughs> and, and, and I apologize. I, <laughs> I want you to laugh more than you want yourself to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You don't realize how good I want you to be and me to be. It's way different. <laughs> if they allowed cheerleaders, I would be the number one <laughs> on stage <laughs> and over there. Yeah, yeah, yes. I um, no, I want to say so. You're doing this material last night. I'm really enjoying it. And yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's a lot of uh, you're talking a lot about your family. Yeah, yeah. Then when you go to and if you Google Anthony DeVito, and then the little Google autocomplete, yeah, like the very first one will be Grandma. Oh yeah. And then it'll be This American Life. Yeah, and yeah. What yeah, I want to yeah. say is totally. I almost because I listened to your uh, yeah. This American. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, This American Life. This American Life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I listened to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- today, after oh, cool. I watched your set, cool. I almost think I wish I would have done it in reverse. Watch, oh, listen to this American Life because you get the full story. Yes, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. And it would have rang because I, admittedly, you know, before this week, didn't know a ton about you. Nobody does. You don't have to. <laughs> so, you don't have to feel bad. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm I'm hearing you do your set. I'm right, like, right. Is that like how how truth is he making? Is this 100 percent made up? Right, right, right. Where where are we here? It's clearly real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's all real. Yeah, and, yeah. And I almost wish I would have listened to that. Sure. This American Life, and for people that haven't heard it, right? You you did a segment with there talking about uh, your grandmother mm-hmm. and dating. Yeah. And you literally have there. She's on there speaking. Yes. And yeah. your mother. Yep. How did that end up happening? So I was doing a show at a UCB theater in New York. Uh, the show called Whiplash. It's like you know. Monday nights, 11, it's like always a packed show, one of the best in the city. So um, a producer from This American Life, her uh, then-fiancé was in the crowd, and uh, he, you know, they're always looking for, you know, storytellers, whatever, on the podcast. So 
he saw me and he like contacted you know his uh, fiance, whatever his wife and um she was like oh you gotta see this guy Anthony like he's talking about like his grandma's getting married in a nursing home some guys she met have her what all these things and she was and she, I actually knew her from she just out of luck years ago was one of my. Uh, friends roommates and i had like dinner with them oh wow I, yeah so she was like i know him and then you know uh got to talking and together we kind of shaped it into like this sort of a pitch for they uh, they pitch stories like once a week twice a week and then um they kind of i guess like a, a group of producers sort of decides like hey let's like run with those and you know so they hooked me up with another producer i uh, went to the nursing home like I had three times interviewed my grandma, interviewed my mom, sort of shaped this story. Was it someone from the from This American Life? It was yeah. with you doing it. Yeah, because okay. they, like they're great over there. I could have never like they were like, "What questions do you have?" And I had like four questions, and you know, they're they had like nine pages of questions. And I was wow. like, "Oh, these are really good." Yeah, uh, and it was kind of a thing too, where like I had never really asked my grandmother this kind of stuff, and she's you know she's at the time was 89 now she's 90 so it's um it's hard for her to talk about a lot of this stuff sure. so like that was the part i didn't foresee that was very difficult to be in a room with my grandma and i'm just drumming up all these like very painful subjects yeah and like and she also doesn't understand the scope of the show so to her, she's like, I don't know, what is this, like a school project? Like, you know what I mean? Like, she doesn't understand at the time that it's like, yeah, like millions of people listen to this podcast and like this is going to become a larger thing. But at the time, she's just like, why are you talking to me about my husband who cheated on me? Yeah. So that was hard. Uh, but like the way they cut it up and the way that they uh, sort of produced the story, um, I couldn't be happier with it. And then also it's like, it, it's kind of a thing where like comedy sometimes, you know, a lot of it's self-serving and, you know, it's fun and everything. But like, this was something that I was like, Oh, th- like my family has this. And I thought that was a uh, really cool, um, for, to have that happen. Yeah. Everybody. And, uh, your mom was very, was like, into yeah. It. like I, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Ask me whatever you want. Yeah. We had to cut out some stuff that my mom said, cause we were like, well, I don't know. You want to be portrayed like that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, yeah, they were super into it. Um, <laughs> You were learning things you hadn't uh, heard before? No, I had known that about oh. my mom. I just, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know if she wanted that on record. <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff like, eh, well, let's leave your politics out of this one. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's got, that's had to do, uh, I'm sure that hasn't been bad for your career to have that out there. No, it was great. That It kind of... Um, Opened up a couple doors that uh, I didn't know could be opened. Um, and, uh, you know, those doors are still open and there's still, like, stuff in development from my end based on that story. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Right on. All right, let's talk about, uh, you got a new album out. CD, oh, yeah. Whatever you want. Record. Whatever yeah, you yeah. want to call it. I don't yeah, know. They're all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it man. just came out last month, right? Middle yeah, of last something month. like that. Yeah, yeah. In August? Yeah. Um, yeah, Comedy Central Records. Um Dream Occupation. Dream uh, Occupation. Yeah, that was like another thing. It's like super surreal, you know, like um, to have an album out in general and then have it be on Comedy Central uh, Records and to sort of coincide with the half hour special. Yes. Like, that part's all been uh, such a dream come true because I, I was just such a comedy fan growing up and all through high school and college. So to be, um, I guess, included within that you know, group of comedians that have done album, you know, special Comedy Central. It's uh, very, very cool. I um, 
What do you know? You just mentioned it. You have now they've changed it. It's not the half hour anymore, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, now it's we have to call Comedy it something different Central again. Stand Up Presents. <laughs> Comedy Central Stand Up Presents. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you yeah. know when yours will be airing? Uh, Friday, October 6th, I believe at midnight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I knew it wasn't this week because I checked my uh, local listings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. two other ones tomorrow night. Yeah, so yeah, I knew yeah. It wasn't, knew it wasn't tomorrow. But. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Uh, All right. I'll, I will set my DVR. Yeah, no worries. You know, if you get around to it, you get around to it. It's okay. <laughs> I, uh, will, you, will you watch it? Have you seen it? No, I'll never. Uh, I'll probably only ever watch it if I do another thing that's for television. And uh, just to watch it, to be like, hey, don't do that again. Or, like, you do a weird thing with your hands. Like, don't, you know, whatever. But for the most part, no, I get too uncomfortable. Really? I can't watch myself. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it, I think, once, and I was like, nope, I'm out. It was the first Comedy Central thing I did, where it was uh, uh, a buddy, uh, Noah Garden Schwartz, um, another super funny guy. We're going to do this, like, watch party thing. I was like, all right, it's going to be fun. We'll do it. We'll do it. And then, like, the minute it got on screen, I was like, this is the worst. I can't. There's no way. <laughs> you guys watch i'm leaving yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah absolutely gotcha um i also noticed on the uh the i have a, i think i even took like a screenshot of it here the track listings of how you listed the tracks oh yeah on your on your album yeah i want sort of like looks like you describe it kind of oh. like chapters or like little kinda, here's yeah. the next part of the story that's kind of what i wanted right? it to be yeah because I, I the album itself kind of took this uh natural uh I guess narrative. Um, so I, I kind of wanted the tracks to reflect that, um, where it's like it it is a story. Natural arc. narrative. That's yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that Hi, wasn't something like I was like conscious of. You know what I mean? Like some people, they like set out for that and they're really smart. I just kind of, <laughs> I just kind of did it, and then somebody else was like, "Hey, that kind of does that," and I was like, "Yeah, that, that sounds pretty good." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I and uh, I get why you called it dream occupation. Yeah, and right. that joke we right, won't spoil right. it here. People need to come to the show and hear that <laughs> sure. one. Yeah, yeah. Fucking genius. That's a great joke. <laughs> oh, man. thanks. That man. is such a good joke. Thanks, dude. Such a good joke. <laughs> oh my god, such a good joke. <laughs> really, really like that one. Thanks. Um, so yeah, uh, people need to go out and buy the album. Uh, iTunes. Do you, yeah. have, do you have a preferable? Where do you make the most money? Let's be honest. Um, I don't really know because I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, Comedy Central they uh, gave you know they gave me a, a good a decent you know advance up front, and then uh, they I don't really make any money until they recoup that. Oh. Uh, so I just that, buy them and, anywhere, and that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so I would say, I mean, you know, whatever works best for you, really. Uh, don't worry about me because there's no way I'm going to hit that number or even okay. come close. So I, you know, listen to it on Spotify. You know, do whatever you oh, want. Okay, fair, yeah, fair yeah. you can buy it on iTunes. I mean, that's very nice of you to do that. But you know, I have no e- connection to Apple. Go yeah, to Amazon. If it's I don't easier know. for you, do whatever is easiest for you. <laughs> fair enough. I just uh, appreciate that you're listening. Yeah, I um. What was I gonna say here? I uh, where was it fil- Where was it recorded? Where did you do it? Oh, I did it at the Creek in the Cave in uh, Long Island City, in okay. Queens, New York. Um, it's just like that is a venue I started at. Um, it's just like a comedy clubhouse. It's like every new comedian that moves to New York goes to the Creek, okay. and the lady who runs it, Rebecca Trent, has just like fostered an atmosphere of do whatever you want while you're here um and it's just it's such a important space for comedy in new york and um it's just a it's a great thing and we're very lucky to have it within the scene very cool yeah very cool and then the half hour the the half hour the the presents yeah 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 yeah. that was a shot in new orleans um i want to say 
April or March? I don't know. Hell, what's up? <laughs> um, um, yeah, March. I think it was shot. And uh, yeah, another. That was. Uh, I mean, New Orleans is. Uh, you know, like it's an amazing city. Um, and uh, I had done the warm up for it the year before when Cy Edmundson did. Oh, who? who? I, don't, I don't know if you know him. <laughs> what is it? Edmundson? Is that it? I think I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sigh. Sigh's in the building. So, yeah, I had done the warm-up the year before. Uh, so I was, you know, comfortable in the space. It's a beautiful theater. Oh, that right on. In. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they do them all there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think for the time being, they're doing them there. For the foreseeable future. I mean, for Comedy Central, too, it's like an excuse for them to go to New Orleans. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that, right? Nah, it's a beautiful town. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, get in here, man. G- give me your impressions of Cy Amundsen. No, hey, no, no, what's no, up? don't do that. Oh, is it Amundsen? I it's, always it's get Amundsen. <laughs> Nobody gets it right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to point out that I don't say nice stuff about people very often because I don't like them very much. Mm-hmm. But when he opened in New Orleans for the half hours two years ago when I did it, mm-hmm. I thought his opening was stronger than most of the half hours. Uh, was very nice. I that. don't like most comics. <laughs> uh, and he. I remember we met at what, Cincinnati? We met at the Bruja. At the Bruja. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so excited to see yours, man. Thanks, Thanks man. You're so funny. Thanks, and, dude. Uh, Same here. The end. I'm not coming to the shows tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that we got to see each other, Cy. <laughs> <laughs> and there he goes. Probably to use the shower in the back or something. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but he lives in the building here. In really? The club, but I don't know. He's here it's a lot. It's such a big building. <laughs> I, I could understand that. Yeah. He, he's here a lot, and whether he's working or not, we don't know, but... Sure. <laughs> and I can vouch for him be, uh, not not giving compliments to other comics. Oh, really? That, that, yeah. That, that's wow. legit. So that's very nice of him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I met Sai the Bruja. I thought he was like super nice. <laughs> Tell me about the uh, viewing party you did to watch his special. Oh my God! I mean, uh, rented out an arena. Uh, it was tough to get MetLife Stadium, but you know, we worked it out. <laughs> Tickets could have even been more expensive. Oh, you could yeah. even charge more. Oh, I mean, they were going for thousands on StubHub. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. People were pretty jazzed. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, did you? Oh, I, I meant to ask this. Uh, this album is it your first? Did yeah, you do first a, album. No self-published thing or anything in the past. Uh, like? No, no. Yeah, I was always hesitant about that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just always, whenever the time was right, and then. Uh, Comedy Central approach. I had known a person from Comedy Central Records. It was probably the first person I ever met over there. And, like, we had been friends for a couple of years. So it was just, like, it seemed like a very, you know, natural uh, way of doing it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And then let's talk about uh, you did Colbert. Yeah, Colbert. That was crazy. Is that um, your first late night? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, super surreal. I mean, you're on stage. You know, Stephen Colbert is eight feet behind you laughing at things you're saying. And, yeah, I was, like, just telling the other guy, like, you can't turn around and be like, wow, this is, like, you know, you just have to keep going. But that's sure, happening. Sure, um, but how yeah, much How much notice did you have before you recorded um, that? I had two or three days. <laughs> so Isn't that we, nuts? Yeah. I hear those stories. That's why I always ask. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe how last minute it can be. Yeah. Well, the process itself, I think, was a month and a half from I was originally doing a set for Conan. And then, uh, but it was in the early stages of that set. So the Colbert Booker was at the club watching me run that set. Oh. She liked the set, and she was she was like, "Hey, I can get you on Colbert next week." And I I don't know. I never want to like 
I don't want to fuck anybody over, yeah, you know. Right. So I was like, so I worked it out with Conan. He was like, yeah, of course. If like she can give you a date, like do that. You'll do Conan, you know, later on, no problem. So like once that was fine, it just kind of went from there. But like that you know, week that she was like, we'll do it in a week. I mean, it still had to go through all the channels at CBS sure. and stuff. So like, you know, uh, that week turned into like a month and a half through no fault of, of hers at all. Just kind of um, the process. It was just kind of the process of mm-hmm. it. So then. Uh, yeah, so it was in the works, in the works, and then, like, you know, some emails, like, um, I didn't really hear anything back after the last tape I sent, but it looked good, and it seemed like it was going to happen very soon, but I figured, you know, whatever, month down the line or something. But then, yeah, I was sleeping. I remember I was in my room. Uh, at the time, I, I, I just I had a couple spiders in my room. Uh, it, was, uh-huh. it was bad news in there. I was getting bit up. So, like, I went to go sleep on the couch in my tiny New York uh, Queens apartment. Uh-huh. And, like, that day I had found out that I was going to do the Comedy Central Presents Half Hour or whatever the hell. Um, so I, I went to bed that night, like, on my couch. I had a couple spider bites. I had, like, a tiny blanket that was, like, freezing. And then I woke up to an email from CBS. I was like, hey, do you want to do Colbert Friday or Thursday? And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, if you could see the state that I'm in yeah, to right. do television. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, two days later. And, like, they had some – they didn't have changes to jokes within themselves, but they had changes to the order of the set. So oh. it was like – I kind of only did the set in that order, like, I think, like, four times at clubs. Um, but that was like necessary because you're so nervous up there that like you just need that muscle memory. So sure. yeah, like I I wouldn't I didn't even care if they worked or not at the club. I just had to get the order down. Yeah, yeah, I get that the muscle memory. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Did you? Uh, so then I'm guessing based on what we've already talked about, you didn't watch it when it aired that night. No, I've never seen it. Never seen it. <laughs> no, I've never seen it. Jesus, man. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would only be too hard on myself. I, I, I just know how I would be, and there would be no way I could enjoy it. But if I do, let's say I do Conan down the line, I'll watch it just to be conscious of the, if there's anything that I watch do. the Colbert before doing. Yeah, Conan, anything example. to do not to repeat myself. Gotcha. Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, no, it freaks me out. I can't. Was it on stage last night? You commented on what you wore. On Colbert? Oh, was no. Was that on stage or did I, or was I listening you to you on a podcast that, but yeah, or something? Like, um, basically, yeah, they didn't give me, because I, I would come out, my first joke was like, oh, this is what I look like. And um, I was going to wear a suit, because of like the Letterman tradition of you yeah, wear a suit when you sure. do The Late Show. So I was going to wear a suit, and I had a suit, because I went to a, a, my friend's wedding a couple months earlier, so it was all ready. And then I got, the only real feedback, aside from the order of the set that I got from CBS was an email that said, uh, you can't wear a suit. Uh, you need to look like a well-dressed Uber driver. And <laughs> That's how they said it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that, this is all I got. So I I didn't really even know what that meant. Um, but did you, did you call an Uber then? Yeah, see yeah, right. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's funny. No, no I just kind of walked out of the house and like, what I would just wear to do a spot at a club. Sure. And then it was like a colder day, so I had a jacket on, and I just happened to have that jacket on. They were like, that's perfect. And I was like, okay, great. And then I remember the guy who does warm-up for Colbert came in the dressing room, and I kind of knew him, and he was like, uh, yeah, he was just like, oh, man, you should just wear that. That'd be crazy. And I was like, well, that's kind of what I think I'm wearing. <laughs> uh, okay. Crazy, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Call yeah. me crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, that was the only real feedback I got from the network. <laughs> Funny. Who, did you uh... – who was on the show? Did you get to cross paths with the other guests that night? No, I didn't get to talk to him. Felicity Huffman was on, and then uh, a girl was on. Oh, man, I, I always forget her name. She was on a show. 
she went on right before me. It's like a show about slavery or the Underground Railroad. It's pretty heavy. Uh, but then I went mm. on, so that was nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And like now a very, time for comedy. Yeah, it was like a very like serious conversation with Stephen Colbert about uh, that. And oh no! Then, uh, yeah, then I just went out there <laughs> for my yuck 'em ups. <laughs> the comedy stylings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. But uh, yeah, Colbert was so cool because I, I was selling um, the other guy. Uh, he before I went out, like I was waiting in the wings. I was super nervous, like twenty minutes before for whatever reason. Uh, and he came out right before he was about to introduce me, and he was like, "Hey, man, I watched your sets. So happy you're doing the show. I think you're great." Then ran back to his desk and introduced me. So it's like I was on such oh, a high from cool. meeting him that I wasn't nervous anymore. Um, Very it was cool. like such a pro move. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I like Colbert. You know, you want to yeah. hear you want to hear good things about people yeah. you like. Right? He he lives in like a town over from where my family's from. I saw him once at a diner with his kid. He seemed like a good dad. Oh, right on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing we should talk about that you're involved in is uh, the MSG show. Oh, people talking sports. Yeah, 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 yeah. That came about. Uh, they they're a regional sports network in New York, and they. Um, they hit up Sam Morell, who's a great New York comic. Uh, is like the biggest Knicks fan in the world. So they hit him up because they want they don't have Knicks and Rangers games in the summer, so they needed content and they wanted to do some kind of like sports comedy show. And then Sam and I have been friends for years, worked together also for years. So mm-hmm. he hit me up about writing on the show, and then like it ended up where I'm like the sidekick, like Andy Richter kind of character on yeah. it. It's perfect. Yeah, it's such a great role for me. I love it. No pressure. All fun. Terrific. Are you, uh, did that just start this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've been just going for the summer, and then... Uh, Will it go during the know. hockey basketball seasons? Uh, we're hoping that. Oh, you don't know uh, yet. Initially, it was just going to be for the summer, and now the network, um, I think they like the show a lot, so we're, we haven't really heard anything definitive about it coming back in the fall, but there's a chance that it would go live after Knicks games. Because yeah. Sam and I are specialties kind of basketball. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and we, I mean, yeah, we're really excited about that. And That's, I saw you guys bring in, like, uh, athletes as guests. Yeah, we've been – because it's connected to MSG, and um, there's such a name in New York that right. we're – like, we've been able to get uh, – like Larry Johnson, Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I'm like sitting next to Grandmama and like kind of my role is to like shit on the athletes a little bit. So I'm like doing that and he's laughing and I'm like, this is insane. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, John Starks calls me aunt. Like it's like. Really? Yeah, he called me aunt. I was like, you can't just do that and you think I'm going to be like fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poster was up in my room for years. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I saw you had Dar- you sat next to Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, Daryl Strawberry. Wild. Yeah, it's wild. And to hear a lot of them, especially if they're not playing anymore, they're pretty candid mm-hmm. because they're not affiliated to any team. So they can kind of talk about, you know, Carl Banks was talking about what it was like to party with Lawrence Taylor. Oh, the former Giant. Yeah. yeah, defend- yeah. Right, right, exactly. So it's like the, the people that are playing on teams, they're a little bit more tight-lipped. But, like, we just had a Monty Toomer on last week. And, like, the first words out of his mouth were, like, he he didn't really critique Odell Beckham, but he kind of was like, he's like, hey, look, man, it's game one, going up against the Cowboys. I watched him, you know, run in practice. If that's me, I think I might have played. And we were like, wow. Wow. Yeah, it was a pretty strong take. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So the that, NBC guys don't get to stay, say stuff like that. No, no. Know? Lucky for us, fourteen people watch the show, so <laughs> more stuff can slide. <laughs> She's like, oh, I won't. If Anthony's mom complains, that will really be it. <laughs> one of one of grandmama's kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. He's being too open. Oh, that's that's funny. What was uh, Daryl Strawberry? Mm-hmm. I, I'm. Maybe you know this. I don't know why you would, but he played here for a year, not for the Twins. Oh, he oh, played for, the... for an independent baseball. Oh wow, team no, in yeah, St. I didn't Paul. Know that. Oh wow, yes, yeah. And I worked at the stadium at the time, uh-huh. and it was c- crazy, right? Like these guys, these are you know the the level of play was probably right. like. A ball level, right, right, right. And sure. then freaking Daryl Strawberry's on the team. Yeah, he's hitting balls. The the um the stadium that they played uh, at back then it's called Midway Stadium in St. Paul. And right. behind the right field line, there was a place where firefighters would practice putting out fires. <laughs> he hit a freaking ball off the building that That's they hilarious. set on fire. That's amazing. It was insane. Wow. And I mean, that was. I mean, I imagine that's you know. He's older in his career at that point, too, right? Yeah, it was in between. It was This was his stop before he got back to Major League Baseball and okay. then played for the Yankees, I think. Oh, so this is before the Yankees. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because he had some pretty After solid Matt's years. Before okay. Yankees. Oh, wow. All right. yeah. Oh, no, he was still like, yeah, he was still in playing shape then. Yeah, for, for sure. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, like Strawberry, um, you could tell... I mean, he's like fully reformed now. Yes, but yeah, you he he like alludes to it a little bit, and you could be like, oh man, if we could just pry a little bit those stories that are in there. Is he? I he's sort of uh, has found religion. Am I remembering yeah. that correctly? Yeah, Was yeah, he yeah. He's a religious of, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I think kind of been the uh, driving force in his like uh, recovery. Did you watch the thirty for thirty with yeah, him and Doc? Him and Doc. I know. Yeah, Daryl seems good. Doc seems like he might need one. Uh, yeah, you, you, it's exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's really sad. Um, so you haven't had Doc on the show? No, no, we haven't. I yeah, yeah. It's like it's like one of those things where it's you, like, what do you do? You know, it's like I don't know Doc Gooden, but clearly, you know, something is going on there. Yeah, and it was tough to watch, especially with Strawberry doing so well. I agree. And Doc Gooden visibly coming. Coming through television as like, yeah, this guy is clearly still has a problem. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's weird. It's weird to think that I think that at one point I paid $20 and waited in a line for two hours to get his autograph. Right, right. And yeah. Not, and now he's like this shattered, like, yeah. wow, you never... Yeah, you never think. You never think. No, a hundred percent. I know exactly what you mean. So when you show up to do the uh, that sports and mm-hmm. other stuff yeah, show... Yeah. You're you're literally showing up with like there's no prep. You're just like, all right, we record tonight. Or? No, no, we write the there's there's more writing than it probably looks like there is because it's just. Well, I wasn't saying that. No, I'm no, just... no. I know, I know, I know. I didn't think you were at all. Like okay. I'm just um cause even watching the show. Like we we write the whole show where there's enough there's enough jokes or there's enough conversation points to fill up you know 30 minutes of television. 
but it's more unpredictable in the sense of like how the panel is going to yeah. go. Yeah. So it's like we kind of overwrite just in case if like a guest kind of gives us nothing or like a comedian uh, that we have on. Look at my notebook in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing a tremendous amount of prep. I mean, this and is like. And I don't use much of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's right, exactly. for my peace of mind. But it's, it's just for peace of mind. Um, so we spend uh, a lot of work doing that and like kind of, you know, I think in the beginning uh reconcile the fact that like that's how we're gonna have to write the show and if like not everything gets on there or not even like a quarter of it gets on air that's okay but to have it as a safety net's more important than anything else yeah so that's kind of how we do it right on yeah right on i i would god a gig like that is i would love to have a job it's a dream it's it's, i would love to have a job it's a real thing where it's like it's like a little kid fantasy come true and it's the same guys that i idolized as a kid but now it, it's so bizarre, but in a very, very cool way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it's, Do you know of any upcoming guests that you're pumped about? Or? Um, we it's it's tough because like we tape so early because a lot of them will agree to it and then something will come up or they'll be like, yeah, I'm not. I mean, you know, they don't get paid to do the show. They're doing it for exposure as a favor. or They like the show. Some athletes have watched the show and they like, they like the show and want to be on. Sure. Um, but, you know, so I'm hesitant to say any names just because, like, it might not happen and I don't want to disappoint anybody. So Patrick Ewing, you're saying. Oh, no, no. It's not. <laughs> definitely not. Unless, like, unless I've gotten an email in this past hour that, you know, I don't know about. Uh, at one point. It, Derek Jeter stopping in, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Derek Jeter, Patrick Ewing. I think we got Barack Obama upcoming. Uh, nice. It's going to be a big, big week. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I think you booked those guys, and it's going to go all yeah, year long. Yeah, I mean, our show, it's the only show Edward Snowden uh, is going <laughs> to come back to do. So, yeah. Now, we're pretty, pretty, pretty excited to talk to him about uh, his stuff. <laughs> about the New York Rangers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think about the Knicks power forward situation? <laughs> You've been in exile for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he's got some, uh, who's the guy out there, Dolan? Maybe he's yeah. got some uh, stolen emails from dolan or yeah, isaiah thomas or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> what do you really know <laughs> well uh there's one more thing i want to oh, bring yeah, up and this was what i mentioned to you um out at the bar here before we sure. started i brought my little sports story that i brought for us to discuss oh today. yeah yeah yeah. and yeah. that is that I, ju- I saw on twitter this morning that a, well, i'm gonna pull it up here but basically a, uh, there's a a greyhound the dog a mm. greyhound that runs races in ireland right Apparently, they drug test these dogs right. after the races, and a dog, a greyhound, tested positive for not performance-enhancing drugs. Well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Cocaine. Yeah. That's what I said. Party dog, man. I love it. Uh, <laughs> you know? Some dogs are athletes, clean athletes like Airbud, and, uh, right. you know, some dogs are dirty. Uh that would be if I found out Airbud. Yeah, that would break your heart. That's a thirty for thirty in the making. <laughs> Airbuds. Airbud Air on one he's side. He's clearly of the table. doping. He's a dog that's dunking a basketball. I don't know why no one's looking into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's it's the kind of thing like within the sports world where I think you. Any, last time I heard about a story involving dogs, it was Michael Vick. Yeah. So I'm just happy to see that this is. Uh, the, what I'm uh, hearing about and not something else. That's, um, that's a fair point. Yeah. Also, I mean, it just goes to show you there's just like, man, there's just doping in racing on, in every turn. It doesn't matter if it's dogs or it's cyclists or it's track and field. Yeah, no kidding. It's a field where there's always doping. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, the, uh, and as I pointed out to you, uh, 
says the winner of the horse's or the horse. There I go. The dog, his name is Clonbrian Hero, mm. won the Irish laurels, but was found to have traces of uh, cocaine on three separate occasions. Yeah, right. You said that. Yeah, three separate occasions. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's testing the one uh, sample three times. That sounds like to me like yeah, there's repeat a offender. Yeah, repeat yeah, offender. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't trust this dog. I'm thinking. Th- I'm wondering if they have a three strikes and you're out policy. Yeah, I wonder how that works in the dog world, or there's going to be an asterisk by all his uh, victories. Will this be like Allen Iverson, where this right. dog will have to go run in China now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this dog's gonna have to be in the big three. <laughs> big three. <laughs> <laughs> Cube's like, I got your back, dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this dog, Rashad McCants. <laughs> and, and Steven Jackson yes. on a team. <laughs> yeah. Subbing in for uh, Kendall Gill. Yeah, is uh, that <laughs> Irish cheating dog. <laughs> There's one more thing I have here. I did not share this information with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, from somebody reporting on this story, and it says... Um, the trainer, I, I saved this just to tell you on the podcast, so get your nat- natural reaction here. Right, right. Trainer of the champion Greyhound that tested positive for cocaine uh, tells the Times uh, that the dog, that he's making up excuses, could have got it from hands of people patting it wow. on its head. Wow, I mean, unbelievable. Even to this degree... They're making excuses like, I didn't know what I was taking. I didn't realize. Uh-huh. I mean, the dog thought it was cheese. Turned out to be cocaine. <laughs> really? You throw the dog under the bus? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? Uh, unbelievable. This, this is like the, uh, uh, I didn't I didn't sleep with anybody else. I think it's from a toilet seat. Yeah. Uh, usually dogs get blamed. Yeah. For, yeah, right. like, usually it's like the dog ate my homework. Uh, yeah, in this case. Uh, the dog ate my cocaine. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This guy just clearly has a cocaine problem, and he's just like, oh, boy, how do I? Hey, yeah, or, like, the cops came, and he's like, what do I do with it? And he's just like, I don't know, I'll just feed it to the dog. Hopefully they don't test him again. It's like, yeah, this guy clearly has a problem, yes. and this poor dog is being blamed. <laughs> And everyone thinks it's a dirty dog, and, you know, he's none the wiser. Dog's got the sniffles. Yeah, the... should have known when the dog kept me up all night telling me about his business ideas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, this is a perfect place to end, then. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. People, uh, thank you for uh, coming over to the club and doing oh, this with no me sweat, today. Oh, no man. Uh, and uh, people definitely need to... Um, Come out and see you while you're here this weekend. I would love it. Yeah, please come out. Um, I love this club, and I'd love to see you. And then on social media, where do people find you? Oh, uh, Anthony DeVito underscore on Twitter. And then uh, you can go to my website, anthonydevitocomedy.com.